Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spahn, and with me today is Brianna Joy, frequenter on Sylph Radio, which is a show I really hugely love and a big fan of, and you've been on a ton of episodes, so it's exciting to have you on this show. You also have a connection to theme parks. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Brianna Joy. Um, this is actually my first other podcast besides Sylph Radio, so I'm really excited to record. Yay. Um, it's so nice to meet you, Andrew, as well. Uh, yeah, so I've worked at Disney um, in Florida for about five years, and uh, I'm a photographer, and I get to take photos in the parks. I get to um, meet people from all over the world, and it's really incredible uh, working for this company because I get to experience things that not everyone gets to experience, you know, like for some people, they meet Mickey Mouse like once in their life. I get to hang out with them pretty much on a daily basis, so it's it's really cool to kind of do that, and uh I don't know. I just love it. I love capturing those moments that, you know, some people they put up on their mantle and they just get to keep that memory for a lifetime. And I really do love what I do. So. Oh, that's so awesome. And as a photographer, I'm sure that's interesting too. like capturing a moment at a time, like especially when there's a bunch of people in the picture or something, it's you have to get try to capture the correct moment when everyone's like kind of in a, a good place in this chaotic setting which is so magical for so many people but like wrangling a whole family like I can see how the parents can be stressed out the kids can be maybe stressed out too but also super excited like it sounds like that'd be hard to get a good picture of. yeah it's definitely a a challenge um, especially like when it's like the two three o'clock in the afternoon time when the kids are ready for a nap and the family's been there like the entire day and like the family you know if they're all adults are trying to kill each other or not kill each other and then uh (laughs) you know the kids they're they're just so tired they just want to take a nap or you know and just kind of like trying to like read the family and kind of see, you know, how they're feeling and kind of work with that, you know, and I'm an empath. So like, it helps that I'm able to kind of sense that so I can figure out like what approach to take, you know, I just don't like to, I I love the fact that our jobs are very like no pressure, no stress, like we're not commission based. So like, you know, if you want a photo, great. If not, that's totally fine. You know, I like that we're not running up to people being like, let me take your photo. We just, we just sit there calmly you know, just in the middle of Main Street, just hanging out. And uh, if people want a picture, they come up to us and we're happy to take it. And I love that. I love not pressuring people and just letting them do what they want to do. You know, it's great. And we give them whatever they need. That's so cool. Wow. That's awesome. So hopefully uh, hearing some of your kind of Disney insights as we design our own theme park here based on a Disney property, um, I think that's going to be a pretty cool podcast episode. So We'll see how it goes. But the topic you've brought to us today is is Frozen, based on the Hans Christian Andersen story, uh, The Snow Queen. So, uh, yeah, I am a fan of the films and the the shorts, but um, you know, what are your feelings on this series? Why did you bring this to the table? Frozen is something I'm very passionate about. Um, I actually have a tattoo um, on my arm, and I'll give you a quick little backstory. Um, I watched the movie when I was um, working at the Disney store. I had done a Disney college program in 2012, uh, flew back to New York to finish my degree, and I was working at the Disney store for a season at the uh, Destiny USA Mall in Syracuse. And I watched the movie with my mom and my sister, and it was just, it was such an incredible movie for me. Um, you know, I was someone dealing with depression, anxiety, PTSD, things like that. It was really incredible to see such a, a an emotionally raw story about someone kind of dealing with those things. And I, I saw myself in Elsa, the character, and um, 
when I was in college, I self-harmed and I decided to get a tattoo after watching that movie to kind of cover that scar to, to kind of say, it's okay to let it go. Um, you know, and it's amazing too, cause I've made so many friendships from this tattoo as well. My tattoo artist and I became best friends from my tattoo and we've done lots of other pieces since then. And Frozen's just kind of been such a big part of my life since then. And, uh, I just, I absolutely love, you know, everything about it. I love how it's such a unique story and it's something that Disney hasn't really done before. You know, they haven't really gone into someone that deals with mental health issues. And I just think that's so amazing that they're finally saying it's okay. Not everything has to be a perfect fairy tale. This is life. This is reality. And Frozen definitely delves into that. Yes, I I love that. And I love, you know, your connection to that because it is such a story of, of empowerment instead of just like, I feel like the, you know, criticism of classic Disney, especially if it has a princess in the story is you have to kind of conform to this mold. Like this is what beauty looks like, or this is what success looks like. And I feel like Frozen and some of their, you know, other newer films have really broadened that depiction of what, what is, you know, beauty and success or what should your life look like or are you okay or not? Um, so yeah, it's a, a really powerful movie. I love the the variations that they've done on the classic Disney stuff. Like they set up some expectations about you know the love story and stuff, and then they totally like change it and make it more real and more relatable and more modern, which is which is awesome. Especially considering that the source material is so old. You know, the Snow Queen I think is from like 1844. So they have updated it quite a bit. You know, it's it's definitely different than the original, but I think. I feel like it's something that Disney had been looking at for a long time, you know, adapting that that storyline. And I just love the way that Frozen came out. Um, and then what are your thoughts about Frozen 2? Frozen 2 is the best movie I've ever seen. And I will wow. I will fight that tooth and nail, you know, like <laughs> it it was so I've seen it six times in theaters, first of all. Um, <laughs> That's serious. Yeah. For a while, I was kind of like you know, not necessarily embarrassed, but kind of like downplaying how much I love Frozen because everyone was kind of jumping on the the bandwagon to hate it because it was so popular. It was Disney was cashing in and blah, blah, blah. But like the thing is, it, it really does. And there are a lot of other Disney movies that kind of hint at similar themes that Frozen does. But, you know, in this modern day and age, I, I really think it was something unique and special. And, um, you know, just another backstory, just going into, you know, me getting my tattoo. Um, I had posted on Facebook my tattoo without even explaining why I got it and all this other stuff. There was a girl that commented on it and said, that can't be real. I think I'm going to throw up. Wow. And yeah, like to tell oh someone God. that just got a tattoo that, you know, and I, I actually ended up posting like, this is why I got it. And everyone's like, oh, okay. But like, you know, you shouldn't have to explain yourself you know, cause it's a tattoo. Like, you know, it means a lot to me. It doesn't matter what you think. Um, but you know, I, you know, those kind of reactions kind of made me afraid to kind of really express how much it meant to me. And when frozen two came out, I said, you know what? It's been like, I don't know, six, seven years since the first one came out and I'm an adult. I'm 27 years old. I love frozen. Yeah. I love frozen. I think it's amazing. Awesome. And you know, when the second movie came out, I was so happy to see how many people were like, wow, you know, this really is something great. And um, it was just so refreshing. And I was no longer afraid to express how much I loved it. 
And, uh, you know, the movie itself was just incredible. You know, um, I don't want to spoil too much if anyone hasn't seen it, but, you know, the song Show Yourself, every time I see that scene, I cry. It's just so beautiful. It's so amazing. And, you know, it's transformative. It really is not just for the character, but for everyone watching it. I just love it. How cool. And I, I think the the concept of doing a theme park with Frozen, like, I mean, I'm sure Disney will eventually have more uh, attractions that are just Frozen specific, but doing a whole theme park of that, like giving a place where people can go and like kind of go into that, that fantasy and, you know, kind of like you're saying with your tattoo, like basically this would be a judgment free place, you know, where, yeah, sure, this thing's really popular, but that means it means a lot to so many people. And, you know, some people have been like, a stand of this series for the whole time since the first movie came out. And some people might be joining on later and some people might be brought there by the music or by the film or the pretty dresses you can, you know, dress up in or whatever. But it's also a super cool story. Like the, the storyline's amazing. A lot of the characters are really cool, especially when you get into the second one, there's a lot of these really cool elemental powers and some really cool mythological stuff going on where it, it gets into some, I don't know, territory that might be considered more gender neutral, I suppose you could say. Um, But there's definitely something for everyone in this franchise. And so doing a theme park about it is like, I'm super stoked about because I don't know, the story has so many different like emotional caveats and different things you can appreciate about it. So I'm just stoked to get into it. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And again, thank you for being on the show. I'm I'm excited to work with you. I think this will be fun. I'm excited too. I, this is definitely a first for me. I've never thought about designing a theme park. Um, you know, just like with Frozen 2, how all the characters kind of go through a transformation in some way. I think it'd be really cool to design a theme park where you feel transformed once you once you come through it, you know, and I think it'd be cool to kind of have like that Disney concept, you know, how um, Walt Disney, you know, they have the train station in front of Magic Kingdom, and it's kind of the curtain. And, you know, you go down the street, and then the castle is kind of like, you know, the big centerpiece. You're basically walking through a story. I don't know. I just think it'd be really cool to kind of like delve into that. And actually they are coming up with like a frozen land theme park in Disneyland Paris at some point. So it'll be really cool to record this episode and then look back on it in hindsight and be like, oh, I wonder like what we actually predicted about it. Because Disney also has a a ride in Epcot frozen ever after. um, I think it'll be cool to kind of like delve into what what exists versus how we wish it could be you know so i'm really excited to do this it'll be great and we've got unlimited budget um disney's given us the green light on whatever we feel like doing and uh it's all hypothetical so <laughs> we're good to just go pedal to the metal and do what we want to do but i do think the castle setup like you know the the hub and spoke thing would definitely work here absolutely um would you want to have like two castles like kind of the one that they grew up in and then kind of like Elsa's castle thing too? I think um, we could do, because you you know Main Street USA. I think it'd be cool if you kind of walked in into Arendelle. That's how you started out. Um, And, you know, you just kind of go through um, their castle and see how things were when they were children and kind of, you know, like grow with them, you know, and then you get to the castle, um, Elsa's castle. And uh, I think it'd be cool if there was like another part too in Frozen 2, there's Otta Holland, you know, and the the frozen forest. And I think that'd be so cool. And I love, I love how the movie shows uh, Arendelle in the fall. I think it'd be really cool if it was like a fall setting in Arendelle. So it kind of like goes cool. through the seasons, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Like have it go through, through history 
especially starting out in the castle, which, you know, is a really old thing that has a lot of like history from their ancestors and stuff. Right. We can also see them kind of growing up and that could be also a cool place to kind of reference or pay homage to other classic Disney stuff, you know, in the castle, um, Easter eggs or whatever. But then, yeah, moving through not only time, but also through the seasons so that you have like the color schemes change, which, which these movies have incredible, uh, color palettes um that are always really interesting even within the like clothing and stuff like I'm, I'm excited to think about and explore the kind of the color schemes of shifting through locations and the seasons oh wonderful i know disney is very meticulous about every detail being perfected every you know it, for us to even have like a sign put up it has to be like designed it has to be themed they put so much effort into it and you know i i definitely see this park being no different um in Epcot, too, they have, um, we call it the Summer Hoose, and uh, it's where you meet Anna and Elsa, and it's really beautiful. Um, you'll have to see pictures of it. Um, you go inside, and it's like a little cabin up on a hill, and you can see um, Elsa's palace in the distance and Arendelle in the distance as well. It's just up on a hill, and it kind of, the backstory with it is it's the house that Anna and Elsa would go to in the summertime. And you walk in and it's just a very, um, because it's based in Norway, it's very Norwegian looking. And, you know, you walk into the mo- the room where you meet them and like there's paint um, up on the ceiling and it's just beautiful, like little, um, like little patterns and flowers. And uh, I think that'd be cool if like we kept that in the theme park, like this is where you meet Anna and Elsa because they're t- together here and it's really, it's fantastic. It was built to be photographed, you know, and they have us photographers in there. I photographed at it several times. It's beautiful. It really is. Cool. No, that's, that's super awesome. And that could maybe fit into, um, when you first kind of enter the park and you're kind of going through like history and kind of their childhood, you know, before the events of the film really take off. Um, that would make, that would make a lot of sense. It's just a place that they kind of visit where you can meet them and explore that kind of, like you said, kind of Norwegian, art motifs and kind of explore that actual I don't know I always like when there's some kind of stuff drawn from reality um even if it's just you know the architecture and some of the art styles I think that's a fascinating thing to be able to explore and uh kind of travel without traveling beyond a theme park you know so that that sounds awesome I really like that that connection would be great born of cold and winter air and mountain rain combining you mentioned kind of a transformation of the park guests, but who is the park guest? Should they just be a civilian who lives in the area? Like, what's the story of who this person is? Or are they a traveler from, you know, another place? Like, I don't know. There's many ways we could go with that. You could either do, you know, a civilian in the town or, you know, a fly on the wall. I don't know. When when you're going through Disney park rides, um, like, for example, Frozen Ever After, um, you're on a boat and, you know, you're welcomed into this place where you get to see Elsa's summer or not her summer place, her um, her ice palace. You know, you're being welcomed into it and they're showing it to you. So, you know, like honored guests, like welcome to our castle, welcome to, you know, just like how Disney does it. And, you know, you're just kind of experiencing it around you. Like I I would love it to be very immersive, very like you are here, you know, just experience the the sense, the taste, the, the, the visuals, you know, the color schemes. I don't know, the music. And 
I don't know, I guess, I guess it's from me working at Disney for so long, but you know, it just, it works. It works so well. It's amazing that it can completely transform you into another world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. And the castle itself, I feel like, you know, Disney's castle has such an appeal, not only because it's been their logo for so long, but just because castles are cool places. It's a thing we don't get to experience, especially in this country. You know, it's like, really appealing like everyone wants to go in there and figure out what all they can do within the castle and so giving a lot of options would be really cool like if it was actually a gigantic castle with you know like multiple places to eat and like like a great hall and like i don't know do different events in there and have music in there and have dancing in there and maybe like some of the more you know premium hotel suites could be in the in the the actual castle uh i think that'd be really cool because that seems to be something people are always wondering like what's actually in, you know, the Disney castle. Like, I don't know if you get asked that a lot, but I, I know that's a thing I always thought, you know, visiting, visiting Disney world. It's like, can we stay in the castle? Like, can we do anything in there? Like what's going on? So in there? the Cinderella suite, uh, can't be bought. It's, it's, um, it's either one in a contest or it's, uh, given to people that, um, do great works of philanthropy, which is kind of cool. You know, it's like, you can't pay for it. Like it has to be gifted to you. That's amazing. Um, and then if you go through the castle, um, going toward Fantasyland, on the left side, there's the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, uh, where little girls get dressed and made up like their favorite princess. And on the right side, there's Cinderella's Royal Table, uh, which is a restaurant where you meet the princesses. You start by meeting Cinderella in the uh, in the lobby, and then you go up and eat, and the other the other princesses come to your table. So um, I could I could see you know Elsa's palace being like that, and you know I think of like an ice bar. I, I don't know if you've ever been to one uh, before, but oh, yeah. you know you walk in and everything's sculpted out of ice. There there's these beautiful sculptures with like fruit, and you know you can sit at this table, and they have like you know like nice soft blankets set on the table, so you can sit down you know on the ice. It'd be really cool, like to have everything kind of made of ice, the furniture and everything. Oh, that's amazing. And it, it kind of fits in with the storyline too. Like, you know, it, it wouldn't be hard to imagine that someone can actually have these this level of skill to craft all this stuff out of ice in the frozen world. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about Elsa, but obviously she could make some pretty intricate stuff out of ice if she wanted to. Um, no, that is amazing. And doing our version of kind of a bippity boppity boutique kind of thing, just because their their costuming is so cool and and just that era of of clothing is really interesting. Yeah, I I like the idea of expanding it out to include you know people that are not female as well or maybe people of right. different ages. Like how they do it because it's not just fairs. princess dresses. Yeah, more like a Ren yeah, Fair. Exactly. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I love going to the Ren Fair. Um, shout out to Sterling Renaissance Festival. <laughs> I go every year. I absolutely love it. Um, that's awesome. And that's that would be really cool to have in the theme park as well. You know, like you know the old time photo type of things. Because in Frozen Two, they briefly mention like photographs or like just like a brand new thing like i would love to have like an old time photo thing like in this park disney doesn't have one which is crazy every other theme park has an old time photo thing but i don't know i guess we see so many guests from all over the world so often that i don't think we could meet the demand to have an old time photo studio yeah in reality you know things tend to uh cost money take time take up space but here in the you know world of amusement sparks we can do whatever we want i love that <laughs> <laughs> It solves all the problems. Just uh, don't think about them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think that would be awesome. And imagine, you know, your role as a photographer, if that was in a very thematic area, instead of, you know, these people are just wearing whatever they wore to the theme park, um, it'd be really fun to be able to help them 
express themselves as a character first. It'd be really cool to have that kind of artistic vision for for the photograph and for what it would mean to get a family photo taken in this thematic, you know, area. Be a royal portrait maker. Yeah, yep. wow. That's that's actually what we call ourselves um, in the Princess Fairy Tale Hall where you meet the princesses. We're royal portrait makers, royal photographers. And it, it's very it's very themed, even though we have like twenty first century equipment, you know, which is obvious they still theme it in a way where it's, you know, it, it can make sense. Like, oh yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I love it. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I think just having just the hugest castle ever and, and also the town itself would be cool to be able to explore and have little shops and restaurants throughout. That would be where the gift shops would be kind of like Hogsmeade in uh, Universal Studios. I was picturing both kind of a Diagon Alley type area and then also kind of a Main Street USA type of area. Yeah, yeah. It solves the same problem, really. But being able to walk around in the world and not just in, you know, the main focal point that's on all the postcards, but like the actual place where humans actually live in this world. You know, it's a theme park still, but um, it'd be really cool. I love that that kind of stuff when you're um, exploring something that's not as huge and over the top, but it's like this seems more real. It's more immersive when it's a one or two story building instead of like this humongous, you know, monolithic castle um so yeah i think that'd be so fun to be able to explore arendelle like that do you want to build a snowman or ride our bike around the halls i think some companies overdue i've started talking to the pictures on the walls hang in there joan it gets a little lonely all these empty rooms just watching the hours tick by i love the shorts like uh Olaf's Frozen Adventure and um, Frozen Fever, they kind of explore Norwegian traditions throughout the holidays. Like, so wouldn't it be cool if we had like Norwegian holidays, you know, in our, you know, in real time in the park, kind of like how Disney decorates for Halloween and Christmas, you know, they could do actual Norwegian tradition things like ringing the bell. That'd be so cool. That's great. Yeah. And and paying, you know, reference and homage to, their folklore and you know the trolls and stuff like that would be really cool as well um beyond the scope of the film even like because you know it's just we've spent what five hours or less with these characters between all the movies and the shorts so i'm sure there's a lot else going on in their culture and in their lives that we could kind of add on to to the fringes of what you would see walking through this world um in a way that could be kind of interesting and keep things thematic to Frozen, but maybe also allow for some room for expansion. So then if we need future expansion or things to tie in with the next movie or the next short that comes out, we would have room for that. It's not that we're sticking to only what's ever seen on screen. Like that's all that's canon. We could expand it out a little bit and include maybe more stuff from the Snow Queen um, or yeah, just more stuff from the the cutting room floor from the, the films would be cool too. That's one of the cool things about working with the characters at Disney. You know, I've worked with Anna and Elsa many times and, you know. You're so lucky. Oh, it's so much fun. I love it. Um, You know, (laughs) because they they get to meet children from all over the world and adults and people that really do care about them and their story. And they ask them questions and they answer the questions and, you know, like they, they can tell their story. Um, And they expand upon what's said in the movies, what's done in the movies, you know. And, you know, they even like throw little puns in there. Um, you know, Anna and also like to talk about how um, they have like 
they love chocolate and you know uh, Elsa has ice powers but Anna has chocolate eating powers it's just really cute to hear what they say to the kids and um, you know just by being a performer in general like they're able to tell these stories they're able to say this is how our everyday lives are you know if they ask where's Olaf you know they go oh he's at the beach he's getting his tan you know and they have an answer for everything because it's Anna and Elsa and they they know themselves more than anybody (laughs) that's fantastic yeah I I do like the idea of of doing something with Olaf because He's such, you know, an iconic character and and a pretty fun character and also has more of a story than you might expect. But having him represented either through some kind of high tech animatronic or just digitally where you can kind of like see him like in the distance or like up on the second story of a building, like somewhere where it's a little bit out of reach to actually, you know, reach out and touch him, but where he can still be depicted you know, realistically and uh, get into some hijinks. Yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's really cute too. Cause um, going back to meet and greets with them, uh, kids, you know, they'll, they'll ask the kids like, oh, well, we're thinking about building Olaf a little girlfriend. What's your name be? And uh, they usually come up with like Snowfia, which is really cute. Like, you know, like little puns. Um, you know, it'd be kind of cool. Like, um, you know how Star Wars has like the, the droid depot where like they make their own droids. What if you built your own snowman? Oh my gosh. You could have a place where you could build your own snowman. But what music would they play in there? That, that It wouldn't work. They don't have a song for that. <laughs> Not at oh. all. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, they do. Uh, no, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't want to actually make it out of snow, but you know, some kind of foam type material. That'd be amazing. Or like, like a, a Build-A-Bear build a type. Right. Boom. Yeah. Same, same page. We got it. <laughs> that's adorable. Or I mean, I guess you could use some... Mr. Potato Head style technology uh, to get the proportions right and, you know, take some of the, do some of the design work on behalf of the park guests. But that'd be so fun to be able to kind of customize your own. Oh, that's adorable. I love that. That's so fun. You know, I, I love Kristoff. Like, I think he's such a great character as well. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to like, I don't know, like right on his sleigh, like as he's gathering ice or something like, you know, cause we've, we've talked about things that mostly I think females would enjoy, but let's, let's try to think of things that, that guys would like. Sure. You know, Kristoff is such a good role model for, for men in general, you know, just coming from, well, my perspective. Um, cause in the second movie, you know, Anna needs his help and he says, I'm here. What do you need? Doesn't even question it. You know, right. and he's just there for her. Yeah. He's a, he's a good dude for sure. That's such a good example. And Lost in the Woods is incredible, you know. And I don't know. I think that'd be kind of cool to do something with that. doing the kind of dress up area would be really cool and you know you could kind of theme that as a way of learning about this culture like you know if you're a visitor from a foreign land it's kind of like here's our traditional dress you can wear this or you don't have to but you're welcome to um and then that could hopefully help to get everybody into character but especially i feel like guys are are rarely going to be going to a theme park and and acting in character um although if it's got more of that renaissance fair kind of thing like this is kind of what's expected like you know let it go um that'd be <laughs> no really fun, fun. <laughs> oh I, did, I literally didn't even put that together i love it wow 
um <laughs> uh hopefully we could get guys on board more um and yeah i think that'd be really cool and i don't know just allowing for more options so it's not just about the little girl experience but you know what if somebody's non-binary what if somebody's male the guys could be like our ice harvesters you know they could dress up as oh, yeah. ice harvesters and i think there's a lot of attractions you could do that are that are kind of you know based around like sven and and ice related stuff just because there's so oh, many yeah. like ice luges and slides and but there's also some kind of fun you know delivery missions you could do um it gets into kind of like video game territory or like MMORPG territory once you get into like what kind of quests can you do. But that does kind of add to the immersion in a way. If people are relying on you to do something while you're at this theme park, you know, you're trying to be a provider for your family or something, uh, we can give you some quests to go do and that allows you to get access to different areas or gets you some kind of some kind of benefit. You know, it gets you an invitation to this fancy dinner if you can complete this quest. That's actually really smart. I like that. Wouldn't it be cool if there was reindeer? Like actual, like reindeer, like a petting zoo type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Seeing them in nature, I think is awesome. Yeah, like a little preserve. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, trying to to kind of uh, recreate the Norwegian way, you know, however we can. They're, you know, historical um, stuff history i guess is the right word for that um would be really cool to to see not only like how do they live indoors but you know what kind of animals did they work with and what do they do outside too i think we definitely should add more norwegian history to the park you know like make it educational right i I thought it was kind of weird when they first announced that frozen was going to be the norway area uh at disney world i was like "Mm, that seems weird i mean i guess the movie's kind of authentic but i don't know to replace something that was pretty specifically supposed to be representative with something that's just from a movie i was like that might be problematic i'm not sure and i haven't actually been there since it's taken over but uh the attractions look pretty cool yeah maelstrom was a good ride you know there's always going to be no matter what uh advancements what no matter what decisions disney makes there's always going to be someone that's not necessarily happy with it you know and i don't know disney walt disney even said you know the park is is never completed it's always going to keep changing it's always going to keep growing and uh you know just like we do we keep growing we keep changing and you know it changes with seasons it changes with time it changes with you know environmental factors yeah that's awesome and you know, Disney always tries its best to kind of, you know, there's a method to their madness, I guess is the best <laughs> way, the best way to just say it. Because, you know, they make their decisions for a reason. And, you know, it's, we just roll with it. You just roll with it. Totally. I, but I think this might be a chance to, to, to uh, appeal to those fans or maybe people from Norway who are like, oh, man, there was this thing I really liked here about my home culture that they took out so that they could put, you know, these kids movie stuff in here like maybe we can can do something for those people who are like well we want to see more authentic norwegian history like okay go to this theme park instead of that one because we've got we got you covered i think it would be cool if disney kind of you know the the executives put themselves more on the front line and just listened because you know uh when disney first opened walt had the imagineers they had him stand in line with the guests and hear what they were saying and get ideas from them that way. I think it'd be cool if Disney went back to that and said, okay, what do the guests actually want? You know, cause you know, you can make assumptions all day long, but if that's not what they're asking for, you're going to fall short. Yeah. That's interesting. And how do you collect, 
usable feedback from that many people. Like I bet that if someone calls in and they're mad about some kind of experience that they had, you know, their customer service people will, will send that email to the right person, hopefully. But yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like, how do you get that feedback? We actually do have um, survey takers in the parks. Um, yeah. So they, they'll say, Hey, do you have a moment to talk about your experience today? And they'll actually send that information in. And it's really good to have because, you know, if you're not doing something right, you need to know. So it's, it's really cool to have that, you know, and I think all theme parks kind of have like a system similar to it, but it's nice that in some ways, at least the guests are being heard. Right. Totally. And that's more practical than paying someone on salary to just go stand in line. But you could also use kind of design challenge type stuff like like come up with a good name for you know Olaf's girlfriend or whatever that can also be a good way of getting of getting feedback or seeing what people would like to have changed uh that can be kind of cool yeah having some some impact or suggestions on what should the Imagineers come up with next you know even though you're only going to use one out of 10,000 ideas that they suggest it's like hey that that was a cool idea When we think about other areas of this theme park, I feel like the castle and Arendelle look really good in my mind's eye. Um, But what kind of stuff would you want to put inside of Elsa's palace? I definitely think that the ice sculpted furniture would be amazing. Um, The chandelier. It it would be gorgeous just to see, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like it'd be really cool if like you had to kind of go on a quest to get up to the palace and, you know, you go up the steps and you're following Elsa as she builds it. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Because in the first movie when she's just building it, like it's just springing out of the ground, that is such a cool, whimsical moment. What a cool reveal that would be to just be following Elsa up the (laughs) steps as she builds the castle and you're standing there right behind her and then the chandelier, you know, showers down from the ceiling and then the whole palace just opens up to you and you become, you, you know, you get to be in the castle, like, what a cool reveal that would be. That is so cool. And I don't think it'd be that hard to accomplish either. Um, you know, even if certain areas, they're already physically built, if we intend the park guests to actually be able to walk through them at some point, but just put like a black curtain down and project onto it, it being built from the ground up. And while that's happening, you pull up the curtain and there it is. Like they do that kind of stuff in, uh, you know, in theater all the time and like fancy Broadway shows and stuff like that's definitely doable technology. Disney has already done something similar, actually, um, kind of. So there's a there's an experience called the Chana Tales with Belle at Magic Kingdom, and um, you kind of go through the cottage that Belle was growing up in. You know, there, there's kind of like a little uh, storyline spiel, and then you see this mirror, and it expands into a doorway. Whoa. And it they actually were able to do that. So, you know, they, they definitely have the means to do it. What a cool idea that would be to see to see her palace unfolding and, and maybe even evolving over time as you do other quests or whatever, you can get to different parts of the story, um, different different wings of the palace as she's adding on to it. Oh, that is just so amazing. I know. I'm excited just thinking about it. I wish this was <laughs> real. Uh. Right. <laughs> And you could have slides going everywhere. Like you could have it kind of like the city museum in St. Louis where there's just kind of slides and kind of some almost organic feeling or natural feeling 
uh, little adventure, little playground type elements that you can, That'd be can cool. do. Yeah. You don't want it to be too chaotic, especially, you know, if you're going there with your like five kids or whatever, it's like, I have to keep track of where all these kids are going. So, but having some self-contained rooms, I think Tokyo Disney Sea has a, an aerial like mermaid playground area, um, which looks really cool. And it feels like you can run around and play wherever, but to a parent, it's like, oh, this is basically just a playground. Like I can just stand here and watch what my kid's doing. Um, so doing areas like that, that are kind of self-contained, but they feel open, so the kids' imagination can run wild, and they can run wild, and they can feel immersed without it being, you know, a safety issue where we always have to, like, help everyone find their mommy and daddy all the time. If you think about it from a kid's perspective, they spend their day standing and sitting and waiting. Right, yeah. And there isn't really any playground-like areas. So, of course, kids are going to climb on the rocks. Kids are going to climb on trash cans. Kids are going to climb on something because they need something to do. So if we were to design a theme park, I would definitely say, yes, we need a play area. Because kids, you know, standing, sitting, and waiting, even though they're going on rides, they're sitting still the whole time. Yeah, that's a really good point. And even the queue lines could be more more fun, even if it's just like you kind of go up a few steps and then down a few steps. Like that's more fun than the kid just standing there. And you could also have, you know, an area that's just a straight ramp that's ADA compliant, but there could also be some little fun areas just on the other side of the handrail maybe. There are a few queue lines at Disney that that you know have added like virtual games they could play and things like that. So they are starting to realize that. But you know, kids want to run and jump and climb on things. That's Oh yeah. That's what kids want to do and you know, if we can safely allow them to do that, you know, like even like, what if we had like a foam pit, you know, like be like, quote unquote, snow, but they'd like jump into the like the snow pit, like, that'd be so cool. That's great. Yeah, that, that's where the, uh, the old parts from the build your own snowman piece, like once yes, the foam starts breaking it down, you throw it in the snow pit. Yeah. <laughs> this one, the armhole is too big on this one, throw it in the, the snow pit. Look how environmentally conscious we are. This is perfect. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a ton of fun. Um, yeah, definitely. There's a lot you can do with the ice as far as, you know, roller coasters and attractions and just literal slides. Um, that'd be really cool. And doing like a boat tour, um, which I think, yeah, which they have at Disney world, right? There's the, Mm -hmm. the, the frozen ever after. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched some ride through videos on that. It looks incredible. It really is. The animatronics are just because they use like a projection. Uh, they use like projection animatronics and they're very lifelike. And it's just really cool how they did it. You know, I'm not discrediting Maelstrom, but like Frozen Ever After is a phenomenal ride. They did an incredible job and it really shows how far technology has come. Right. You can tell what a huge difference that <laughs> those decades made between those uh, two rides coming out for sure. A big part of Frozen 2 is the the woods. Uh, what kind of experiences would you envision out there? Like, is it is it under the, like, dome type thing? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to visualize. Or would it just be a forest? I think they could do it like, like a dome type of thing. Like, you know, like a giant snow globe. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, that is a good way to frame that. Wow. And that, that represents the barrier... And you could, you know, you could ride with Elsa on the knock, the water spirit. 
um, you know, like, like once again, just going through the story, how she tames each of the spirits and you meet them and the wind spirit, you know, could be like, they could have like different exhibits for like each thing. Like, um, you know, the earth spirits could be like a rock climbing area. The, um, the water spirit could be like a swimming area. The, um, the wind spirit could be like, a, like a, one of those like air tunnels where you like float when you're practicing like skydiving and stuff like that. Indoor skydiving. Yeah. You could do activities based off of each of the elements. That's really cool. And even the fire one could be part of a roller coaster or something where there's just like pyrotechnics going off. What if each of those things was like part of the quest to get to Alta Holland? Yes. You know, like you get to get through the four elements and tame them to get to Alta Holland for Elsa to reveal herself as the Snow Queen. That's the end goal. She reveals herself as the Snow Queen to you. Each of those four areas could have like a roller coaster and then also like a play area or some kind of interactive thing. So if, if your party doesn't want to take the roller coaster, like if, you know, you guys are nauseous or something, you can just go to the play area and pick up the little item, the little, you know, widget, and it says, hey, I completed this, and then you can go to the next one. Or you can actually go ride the roller coaster and get the widget as you're exiting through the gift shop. I like that idea of, like, making it accommodating to everybody, you know, like, like different options for each one. So if you can't do this, then, you know, you can do this or answer a trivia question or, you know... Yeah, just make it for everybody. When you're talking about that, just kind of exploring through the woods, it'd be kind of cool um, to have something sort of like a corn maze, which I'm really into for some reason. Oh, absolutely. That'd be so cool. Basically, some combination of a puzzle and a physical maze. Maybe that could be one of the experiences of just one of them, or it could be the middle area. Like, how do I get from, you know, how do I get to the the fourth one? I've got these three. How do I get the other one? You have to like solve some sort of little puzzle or use your brain for, for that to kind of figure out a way. Yeah. So we could, we could have the maze like lead into the other four areas with the elements kind of making your way up to each element. I, I like that a lot. And then if you don't feel like doing the maze, you can just kind of, maybe there's just a side path that just goes yeah, right there's, there. There's the quitter's door. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Cause I think it's really fun uh, for me, but then again, I realize I'm coming from a place of privilege that when I'm in a, a corn maze, if it, it's just me and my wife, so I'm like, oh, uh, let's just go this way. But if I had like 13 kids with me, that would be an absolute nightmare, and I wouldn't want a thing to do with it. Um, so I don't know. Giving people options is, is definitely a good idea because I'm really into those, and I think they're really fun, and I want to solve the problem the hard way and find all the little things. Like an escape room. Like an, Yeah, I treat it like it's an escape room, basically. Yeah. If we're in a party of adults, I'll usually like sprint off and go scout this way and have someone else scout that way. And we treat it like it's a tactical exercise. But um, for a family, I don't think they'd want it to be that extra. So maybe. (laughs) It'd be cool, though, like if you could choose different options from the story, like like going back to the escape room idea. What if like, you know, in the first movie where Elsa is kind of like locked in the dungeon, you had you have to figure out a way to help her escape you know, and make that like an escape room and you can choose like different parts of the story you want to experience. Wow. Yeah. There could be just multiple escape rooms throughout the park that have different themes. Yeah. And you can choose whether or not you want to do them and just make them an option. And like, you'll get like an extra thing, like a premium reward if you do these things, you know, like they could do like a tiered system where like your rewards will vary based off of how much stuff you do. Because we were kind of talking about having a time element almost, like when you first get to the theme park and you enter through the castle, there's an escape room there. And if you complete that, maybe it unlocks some wheels start going in motion in the storyline where there's some kind of side story kind of related to the movies, but not exactly that echoes throughout the other escape rooms where if you complete all four, it's like you made this this ongoing kind of background story, almost like how Frozen 2 
reveals kind of side stories that you didn't know were going on in the background of Frozen 1, like about the parents and all that stuff. Um, it'd be cool to do something like that again. Like this was running alongside the main storyline. You just didn't know about it. And because you've completed the escape rooms in this order, you've helped solve whatever problem. It'd be really cool if it was like decision-based, like the decisions you make, the things you choose to do is what's going to determine what you end up with, you know, like a video game, like a, like a live in video game. And, you know, you pick the path you're going to take through the story. That's so cool. And you can't necessarily change the storyline for Anna and Elsa, but you can change, you know, what's happening in the background. Maybe some side characters can be involved. You're helping the trolls. You're doing, you know, some side related stuff, but not necessarily messing up the canon of the, the actual films. Right. Like like a video game where you have like four different options, A, B, C, or D, and then, you know, based off of what you pick, that's the story you're going to go for. Um, you know, kind of like how uh, Star Tours at Hollywood Studios, there's like 60 plus different combinations you can get versus like the planet you end up on, the, you know, what you end up fighting off, like how you crash land. You know, there's so many different possibilities and they could do it very similarly to that. That is fantastic. I really like that. And that allows the park guests to feel like they've gone through a journey as well instead of just mm-hmm. watching someone else do theirs. They've done something that's impacted this world and they will leave, you know, a better person presumably than than how they entered. One can hope. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. It's just a theme park. But hey, we do what we can. Um, yes. And I'm sure that Disney has made a huge impact on people who are just visiting there, you know, even for a day. Um, as far as changing their lives and restoring their belief in, in magic or, you know, in the human spirit or whatever, or also realizing like, Hey, I hate amusement parks. <laughs> um, you never know. It, it's going to teach you something and you're going to come out of it at the end of the day, hopefully with a better perspective, uh, one way or the other. Yeah. You know, it'd be really cool. Um, I'm thinking about like how they would get to Otta Holland at the end of, you know, the, um, so wouldn't it be cool if like riding the water knock and fighting with it was like a roller coaster? I was picturing that the, there's a scene where, uh, where Elsa's like kind of jumping and like, these like, uh, ice columns are shooting up to like catch her foot. I was like, that could be a really cool attraction if there's like basically support beams rising up to meet the roller coaster as it goes by or something like that. I don't know. I was like, or an obstacle course. Oh, wow. Yeah. That could be a cool playground too. Uh, maybe with some nets underneath there or I don't know. Or maybe it's just a swimming pool down there. That'd be cool. And I think it'd be great, like, you know, at the end of it, when, you know, she makes the grand reveal, like, it'll be just like it is in the movie, that bulb, you know, kind of look, the, the the dome, more like, and, uh, you know, with the, the TV screens that just kind of project, you know, her entire life, her entire story. And then, you know, after, you know, the big reveal, you see all that. Then there's like another play area you go into where she has like all the snow people, like with her memories you know, and just kind of have that be like a little play area. I, I was picturing that being a cool kind of unlockable thing as you're going through to, to show you more elements of the story. Because she can, I don't really remember how the how it works in the story, but she can kind of recreate these like moments from the past out of ice, which is such a cool mechanism. And that would look so cool, like even just as a hologram, like just use that art style. Um, where if you complete this thing or if you've, you know, brought that item to the correct place in the park, it shows you this scene through this like ice hologram thing and you can learn more about whatever, you know, this character's background or or unlock more of the story or maybe that's how your interactive elements will reveal themselves. And that's another way you can not mess up the story and not burn down the castle or have too many huge implications. 
is just you're learning and unlocking things about the past. You're not necessarily changing the present. I think it'd be really cool to do like an Anna ending versus an Elsa ending. You know, like Elsa's ending would be when she reveals herself as a Snow Queen. Anna's ending would be when she breaks down the dam and becomes Queen of Arendelle. You know, I think it'd be cool to kind of pick which path you want to do. And, you know, that would bring people back. They're like, well, I did this one last time. I'm going to do this one this time. You know, and it, it kind of takes the day, you know, the whole day to get through one or the other but it'd be it'd be great to like have people come back and try different combinations and try different stories you know so they can experience everything and that would keep people coming back that's so cool and also the attraction of um breaking the dam would be really cool you know whether it's a roller coaster where you're kind of like helping the the titan like giant things aim their weapons uh at the dam and then maybe there's other people who are like sitting in the the reservoir up there and they like slide down like when the dam breaks that's like a really fun like white river rafting type experience wouldn't it be cool um if like whatever story you picked earlier is what helps you break the dam like if you decide to go with the trolls like you can use the trolls to help like you throw them and break the dam or if you choose like the the reindeer side of it the reindeer can help break the dam that'd be so cool like you know change it just a little bit you know have them come back and help you later. Like whoever your ally is, that's who comes back to help you in the end. I love that. And then at the end of the day, when you you maybe have another like meet and greet opportunity with Anna and Elsa, they wouldn't necessarily talk about how the dam broke, but they would just talk about, you know, thank you for helping us to break the dam. So then everyone, even if each of you know these people completed it in a different way, they all helped to achieve the same goal. And they all feel represented in, and like they actually had some sway and some agency there. Wow, that that is so cool, man! Well done. I love this. I honestly, I I just winged this entire episode. Like that's the way to do these it. Are just yeah, this is just all what's coming into my head. You know, I thought of like you know a few things like how Elsa, like you follow her into her journey, but I'm like you know, you and I are feeding off each other really well. This sounds like a really cool part. I agree. I would absolutely love to go here, even if I wasn't a fan of the movies. Listening to this episode would hopefully make me a fan of the movies and and want to go to the the park because it sounds so cool. Like there's something for everyone there. Like it did not come across sounding like a a park for girls. You know what I mean? It's not just dressing up and singing a song. Like there is so much cool action that happens in this, this series. Definitely. Like, of course, girls can enjoy that stuff as well. But I mean that there's something for everyone here. Um, it doesn't matter what box, you know, you fit into in the outside world, you can be who you want to here and explore that. And eh, super cool. I love that. I love I love things that when you leave it, you feel, you know, just like when they left the forest, you feel transformed, you feel like a new person, you feel, you know, good. And I think this would leave people feeling good. Absolutely. And hopefully they'll be like, man, these clothes really made me feel amazing. I need to go buy this outfit now. Um, right? <laughs> I need to come back. I need to try more options. I need to figure out what else happens. Right. I want to keep developing this character and treating it like the Renaissance Fair where I go back every year and there's going to be multiple different outcomes through the different things you choose, but also just revisiting is going to be such a satisfying thing because you're different. Thank you so much for for being on the show, Brianna. I thought that went super well. I I, I love this theme park. I'm stoked. I haven't stopped smiling since we started talking (laughs) about it. Like, that's how excited I am about it. 
I think we came up with some great concepts and I'm really excited to hear uh, what the listeners think. I really am excited. Absolutely. Hit us up on social media at Amusement Sparks. Uh, I would love to get more interaction with the guests. I mean, oh my gosh, the listeners. I talk. I think about and advocate <laughs> for the guests so much that I they forget. They are our guests though, <laughs> if you think about it. Well you know? said. That's a good point. But I should really start like advertising when I'm going to be recording the next one and like promoting it before we record it so that I can have that interaction. Cause typically I don't hear people's responses until after the episode's out. And it's like, Oh, it's too late for me to edit that in because the episode's already out, but we'll see what we can do. Thank you for so much for being on the show. Is there anything you'd suggest the audience go check out? Well, you got to check out Sof Radio. My friend Nathan and I, we record all the time. We've been doing it for like, well, he's been doing it way longer, but I've been recording quite a few episodes with him for the last six years. Um, a little more adult, you know, you'll hear me say a lot of words, but you know, <laughs> I didn't say in this episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we really kind of delve into any and all aspects of Pokemon. And that's something I'm just as passionate about. Um, it's, it's great. It's great to see things from another perspective. Yeah, I always like the episodes that you're on too, because Nathan's an excellent host. And it's always fun to to put a different input in on him, you know, someone else being the co-host is always, always fun seeing where the conversations go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, that's a great podcast. I've been on it a couple times. It's a good, really thought provoking show for me as a big fan of Pokemon. We have so much fun on that show together. We really do. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for, for listening and hope you guys uh, stay safe and stay clean out there, right? This COVID-19 stuff is just crazy. Well, all we can do is uh, band together. We're all one big family and, you know, hope for the best and do what you got to do. You know, everyone stay safe, be happy, find the positives and just keep hoping for a better tomorrow. Yeah. And reach out to the social media that you're interested in. Like we've been using, my wife and I have been using this as a chance to unfollow a bunch of people we don't care about and then follow more people that we didn't know about. So um, support your friends who are creators, you know, watch them streaming, playing music or whatever they're doing. I feel like a lot of people who are creative are feeling kind of cooped up, but they also have extra time to do podcasts and write that book they've always wanted to do. And I don't know, it's it's cool. I've joined a book club since this started. Like there's all kinds of fun stuff you can do thanks to the internet um, that will keep you social and keep you engaged and help you to not lose your sanity too much because uh, it is very stressful. Now's the time, yeah. Now's the time, exactly. What else are you doing? You got something better going on right now? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs>